we are. <laughs> Carpets and Coffee, episode 49. 49. What's 49. up, guys? Ta-da. Not much. It's hot. Oh, I'm hot. It's hot. nice out. It's, it's warm here. Uh, it's 83 yeah? in my snake room right now. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I, uh, I took uh, the Apodora out for some sun earlier. Uh, whoa. Okay. 83. Okay. It's warmer there than it is here. It's 73 here. It's nice in the sun. It's great. So you took your Apodora out. How did yeah. uh, she like it? She loves coming out, man. I take her out in the sun. She, she kind of like finds her position to rest on my shoulders and then just sits. She nice. just likes to sit in the sun. If I get near the orange tree, she'll sort of start climbing. But if I stand away from everything, she'll just kind of find her spot and bask in the sun and just That's glow awesome. glow like a pearl, man. She's something special in the sunlight. I took my false water cobra out before we hopped on here and tried to oh, do yeah? the same thing, but they don't sit still. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny because when I take the Kribos out, I expect them not to sit still, and they yeah. actually do. Yeah. They do. You really? put them on the grass, you can let them go. They'll sit right there and just kind of like look around a little bit and casually crawl, but they're so like olfactory mm. oriented that they are just – focused interesting very focused when you put them outside because their first first thing to do is to create orientation of what's around them and they like they stop they smell and they start looking and smelling at everything it's cool (laughs) robert says today is a good day or what a day fight club this morning with uh nick and casey and justin and chuck australian pod with nipper which was, I'm almost finished that. That was pretty That cool. one was good. That one was really yeah. good. And now carpets and coffee. So. Yeah. Yeah. I listened Way to the to go, Robert. one. I haven't done the Australia podcast one yet, but I will. But it was funny yeah. to hear Nick have to do a podcast where there's four people and everybody <laughs> talks. Yeah. He still managed to be the one who had the most airtime. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he had good things to say. As you yeah, know. I mean, that, I guess that's part of the idea. He was the, the guest on to debate. So, mm-hmm. One of right. the guests on to debate. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to real quick before we get into the nitty gritty of it, I'm going to I'm going to. So Lucas last week said he got some local coffee. So I was inspired to, ah. to see what local coffee was around. And uh, I got this reanimator coffee that's made mm-hmm. right in the city of brotherly love i don't know if that name still counts anymore since everybody kills each other down there but (laughs) but but, uh yeah so they've been making it down there since 2011 um it's actually pretty good um it's a winter blend um it has like this uh nutty sweetness to it um kind of like this silky chocolate sort of smoothness to it which I'm like slowly trying to figure out the type of coffee I like. And I do like that smooth. So I made it in a French press mm. and my coffee tip for the week is going to be the recipe I'm going to share that I use for this. Right. So I did it in French press. I used 30 grams of coffee and it was like a medium grind. You're weighing for... coffee now, man. <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> How many grams of rodent equals one Eric Burke coffee? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> no, um, sorry. So it's like uh, 500 milliliters of water that goes with it. Um, I I boil boil the water. You know, you do the whole with the French press. You get the French press. uh, You put some water in there to get it hot and get it going. Um, And then I just add the water and the coffee. I let it sit for four minutes. You 
tablespoon it, stir it around, take the crust off the top, and then you let it sit for another 10 minutes. Don't plunge it, and you won't get the, uh, like that, a lot of people don't like French, uh, the French press because you get like that um, silt, uh, well, I don't know what you would yeah. call it, but like that coffee the coffee sediment. The mud at the bottom. Yeah, the mud. <laughs> That's the best part. But, uh, <laughs> Riley licks but yeah. the mud. Yeah. It was really good, really good. So I, uh, you so you go for a full ten minute brew on that. It's actually a fourteen minute brew. Wow, that's jet fuel, my man. Are you using like a medium roast? Yeah, yeah. This is a medium roast. Yeah, nice, nice. But I bet because it's it's medium, you've got tons of flavor. But a little, little tickle, tickle, zing sort of thing. Oh yeah, (laughs) gets me going in the morning, man. Yeah, that little sneak but, up uh, behind you, take your tank sort of get you go. Wow, goose yeah. you! <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Ah, um, it's that kind of show. I think before we get into it, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should probably talk about the message that Travis sent us about that. Diamond yeah, oh, yeah. Diamond. You want to just read it out? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. All right. Because so, we asked for about- it, I said, "Where's Travis?" <laughs> this could be like a regular segment, honestly, because it seems like every segment. week we sort of have like. <laughs> Some sort of a question, and then he always seems to listen to it and get it to us. <laughs> What's right. the deal with science? <laughs> Notes from Travis. <laughs> Welcome to the Notes from Travis segment of Carpets and Coffee. Yeah, um, exactly. So we were talking about that diamond python last week, and he sent us his thoughts on temperature-induced pattern disruptions. Um, and he's saying that they occur under situations of punctuated change, which is different than the cyclic change that Riley was talking about for his maternal incubated maternally incubated clutches. Um, so with the MI, uh, while the temp- temps might be cycling plus or minus eight degrees, it is happening slowly over a matter of hours or days. Additionally, the mother mother's body is acting as a buffer to the process. Now consider an incubation an incubator failure issue. Uh, the temperature s- spikes quickly, and then just after the breeder realizes the problem, it plummets when the eggs get pulled out and set to like a room temp for however long it takes to get the incubator stabilized. Uh, without a large fleshy mass coiled around them, there's no buffer uh, to how that temp change is felt by the eggs. Um, and then he said, another matter of consideration that I personally think is often overlooked is gas exchange. Again, this is like getting down into the, uh, the the dirty details of it. Yes, PSP, we are going to get to that. Um, <clears throat> another matter of consideration that I personally think is often overlooked is gas exchange. The mother performing mm-hmm. MI is going to be in her cage, which tends to have good air exchange. By contrast, most breeders seal the hell out of, incub- of a clutch that's in the incubator, press and seal, all that kind of stuff. As a result, of which it is it is that a spike in heat will have a greater impact on oxygen availability and gas exchange across the shell, which can lead to pH changes within the egg that can impact the biological functions of certain processes. You use the analogy, think of, of it like a car engine. As you normally drive, your RPMs vary from an idle to maybe 4K or so, and that does not really cause an issue. But if you go straight from idle to redline as fast as possible and then throw the shifter into park, bad things are going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said it perfectly. I mean, I hadn't even thought yes. about the, the the difference in like a huge spike 
versus gradual up and down and, and the female as a buffer and all that stuff. That's a very good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. See what I mean? What, just when we think it's like, ah, it's so easy, man. We got to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> Never. No. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. Bad keeper. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get into the to the whole Lacey Act thing and our thoughts on it. But I don't know. Do you guys got anything else you want to throw out before we hmm. dive in? How's every, how's everyone's season, season breeding season stuff going? Well, I think the Woma is gravid for sure. Uh but I still have the male in there just in case. <laughs> um Jungle, I don't know. Like she looks really swollen. Uh, I see scale separation, but when I palpate, I don't. I don't really feel anything. So I'm not sure if she just is holding a really big turd or or if she's building. I don't know. Um, I feel like Owen. I need somebody to come check and tell me I'm being stupid. And that <laughs> well, you on Sunday, Riley, you can come check. <laughs> I can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, Blackhead. I'm pretty sure is not going to do it this year. Uh, Womas have been breeding, or sorry, uh, Aki's have been breeding like crazy, like nonstop, mm. um, which is really fun. Feed them. Um, Did you try them to breed them? Those? Yeah. What'd you say? Did you try to breed them, or they just went? right Yeah. There? So they're both they're both adults. I think they're the male's proven. The female is is not. Um, you know, so I I just toss them together, and there's a heated nest box, and we'll see. <laughs> A lot of dirt. No, I mean, like, did you drop temps or anything? Like, oh, you were trying to do it, or it no. just happened? Nothing besides just the natural, you know, swings of the room. But the uh, mercury vapor bulbs are on a timer, so you know, I'm I'm not lowering temperatures um, purposefully. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably won't even need to. They'll do their thing. Just From what I've ride. seen with the one, the ones at the vivarium, no, they didn't. They didn't need that. Yeah. Yeah, but outside of that, just cooling brittles and waiting. <laughs> Wait game. Okay. Yes. Yes. Rally, rally. There we go. I'm back. Sorry. Oh, you're frozen. <laughs> I was frozen for a second. How about you? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I have two gravid poplin carpets. Nice. Uh, both of them are refusing meals and. The males are both like one done now shedding, going back to food. Um, what else? Going to offer the tiger head exotic females a meal today and see what they think. They've been breeding a bunch. The jungles have been breeding, refusing. One of them, the the new girl that I got from Todd, has been refusing food and breeding. Oh really? The the other one from Travis that I have has been breeding and eating, but she's a big girl, so there's no surprise there. Um, I've been very hands off with the Darwins. I've I've put my mail in there and left them alone for the last month. Um, just ignored them. Like you do, you guys. All I'm doing is changing your water. You can take a crap in that corner, and I'm not touching it. You can pee over there. I'm not touching it. I threw another male shed in there a long time ago. Just left it in there, and that thing seems to get moved around the cage all the time. So I'm just ignoring them. Um, I'm 100% sure at this point that I will be getting Kribo eggs for my female again this Yay. year. Nice. So now we just got to wait. Um, What's the typical clutch size of Kribos? Those Kribos? Uh, I ha- so last season I had 
13 or 14 eggs. And I have seen clutches as big as like 26, 27. Okay. So probably not too, too far off from like average Morelia eggs, honestly, from like a small to big female, a dozen plus. So, um, this year I'll, uh, incubate those at probably like 76, 77 degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, and see how that goes. This rainbow is gravid. Still trying to see what this girl's timeline is because she's a first timer. So I'll have rainbow boas. I'll have Cribo eggs. I'll have some carpets. Um, probably need another hatchling rack. Um, and yeah, I'm all paid off on those Strophers Tinacata. I've got their <laughs> their baby enclosures ready to rock. I've got some lights that I'm picking up tomorrow at work, so everybody's going to get their own individual heat and, and everything like that on timers, UVB, the whole nine. The adult enclosure sitting ready to rock these animals because they are from his previous um, clutches and the weather delays. They're gonna, actually going to come in probably decent size, like you know two three inches, so they won't be super tiny um nice that's cool so it should only be like a two to four month you know time period before i can start to see what gender they are and then start thinking about putting them in the adult enclosure so i'm really happy about that um and and nipper keeps sending me messages and videos of <laughs> all these other ones so we were talking and I send him photos and I should never have engaged him. Like I bring this upon myself, right? <laughs> like this is what happens when you have friends like him. You're like, Hey, what's up? And next thing you know, you regret it. Cause he's like, yeah. so now you that you got echo father. Yeah. He's like, next thing you know, uh, now that you're going to have those, you just don't realize it yet, but you need, you need ciliaris. And literally that day I had been talking to my friend, Kathy about her ciliaris and how she's got a trio or a pair or something like that and expecting them to produce eggs. And nice. I was like, Hmm. And he sends me that message. I'm like, get out of my head. How are you in my <laughs> head? I was literally like cleaning snakes in the back room, listening to the, uh, the, the podcast he was on with uh -huh. uh, uh, Jason and Luke. And then he messages me a video of his strophers and it's just like he pans up to the gecko on the bridge ah. riley you need this you need this I was like, you son uh, of a bitch yeah. <laughs> so I yeah love, uh, I, the, I love I, him <laughs> I, so but the thing is for him he's able to like scratch that itch quite easily yeah. and, and convert his space i i like I have to carve out every square foot right now. If I, there really isn't anymore. So I'm, I'm at the know, mercy man. of my he sold, space. He sold, he just sold snakes, man. I, I, I know. <laughs> See, the thing is he, he got rid of stuff. He kind of shifted some passion in, in, in his new focus in the snake world are the, the smallest rattlesnakes you can get. And so he could keep yeah. those in tiny little enclosures and things. And so he's all for the small stuff. So yeah, you can, yeah. can absolutely go all over that, but, you know, catch me over my dead body getting rid of uh, Apodora or any of my carpets. Like, for real. <laughs> for yeah. real. Dead body, gun smoked off to the side. That's how it goes out. They're they're not leaving. So. Yeah. It's, uh, I yeah, found a I, small rattlesnake the other day. Speaking of small rattlesnakes. <laughs> nice. Norpak? Well, yesterday. What did you say? A beautiful Norpak. Yeah, you did. Yes. You I went back. You posted it in the chat, right? Yeah. I, well, so, yeah, okay. like I was saying, it's hot. It's is the first... Mm -hmm. Hot day of the year, and yeah, I remember right. last year, uh, 
the first hot day of the year was in February and I was, I went herping and I found a nice sub adult rattlesnake in this rock pile. And so I looked back at that look. Yeah. And, and it was uh, February 3rd, uh, 23rd. So it was like 13 mm-hmm. days earlier this year, first hot day of the year. But I went back to the exact same rock pile at the exact same regional park and found the exact same species, except it looked like this year's hatchling. So I, I wonder if that little rock pile is a den. Um, nice. It was pretty cool. I was happy. I was stoked. Do you feel like the weather's gotten back to on its upward incline to warmer weather faster this year for our region than in previous years? Or do you think like each year oh, gradually happens sooner? Um, well, I think there's there's variation, but I know that yesterday was the hottest day on record for the region since 1988. And for the date. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, like top five all time or something like that so yeah yeah you know, it's crazy i feel like ever present <laughs> i feel like the winter in this region has been truncated in just the four years i've been living in this exact location i feel like it's gotten shorter i agree 100 percent. i mean memories of rainy days was as a very small child <laughs> yeah. alan's in the chat saying false spring i mean we'll see yeah we'll, we'll see, see what, what happens, happens. i mean <laughs> but like the nighttime lows are going up if you look at that they're they're no longer in down in the thirties for our area for at least the time. Whether being. it's false or not, it's still it's happening. With, it's still fucking with shit. It's that yeah. goddamn groundhog's fault. What did that little fucker do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Fuck it doesn't mean yeah. Public doesn't, enemy number one. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like here anymore we don't have um we don't have we it just goes straight Transition in it's summer and yeah. winter mm-hmm. and that's it. Which mm-hmm. was forecasted. Yep. By the climate scientists. That's very true. Um, yeah, those right dang hippies it. don't know what they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hit on this uh, question real quick so we can kind of hit this real quick. Uh, oh. Opinion on cohabbing Bradley starting as yearlings. I've done that. <laughs> it's fine How'd if you go? separate them when you feed them. <laughs> Like everything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, right. I think you I think you really could potentially explore that opportunity with a lot of species beyond just Bradley. Yeah. It was right. fine. Nothing bad happened. They hung out a lot. <laughs> just don't do it I'm in gonna, a tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to use my uh, allotted time to talk about what I'm breeding to talk about how I freaking loved the story you told on the five questions on THP. Oh, nice. With okay. the rattlesnake and the yeah. mouse. Like, Speaking of Crotalus oreganus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was cool, man. It's, really it, it's wild. Um, yeah. I mean, again, the, you know, just going out there to do uh, Mastacophis uh, Eurysanthus surveys, the Alameda striped racer, and pretty much all I found, I've only found one of those because, you know, that's the endangered species. There's not a lot of them, but we find right. a lot of rattlesnakes and we find king snakes and we find, you know, alligator lizards and stuff. But that one board with the with the wood rat nest is it's just perplexing. And I can't think of any other reason why that would that would happen, you know, over yeah. such a long duration of time and year to year. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than just kind of a, a, a strategic play by that rattlesnake. Um and and some you know some cognition there knowing that if that nest stays and the female's not dead males are going to keep trying to find her 
And that right. snake wasn't skinny. It's not like it was just sitting there not eating. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, that's wild, man. That that was yeah. really cool. Yeah, thank you. That was fun. Yeah. Was that on their YouTube channel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Justin's starting. It's like a it's a shorter form thing. Oh, uh, pretty cool. I think there's one with Dr. Wyman out. The the Ruas did one, but yeah, yep. just five questions and cool. I'll have to take time. a look. I was looking for it on uh on podcast format and I don't ah. know if it's up there. No, right? I think it's just on the YouTube. No, I think okay. it's just YouTube and Instagram. Specific. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll have to take a I'll have to go look that up and subscribe if I'm not already. I, I to be fair, I might be and just have missed it. I I can't keep track of all this stuff these days. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, just again, what we don't know we don't know about animals. We really don't. It's like, nope. and don't call them stupid. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Definitely not. Stupid. Um, I know. Well, uh, <laughs> Chad Rattlesnake so. wanted to get more testosterone by just eating the males. That's funny. Yeah, supplement. I think. <laughs> I think uh, Scott sent me a message here. He wants to join in with us real quick. Oh boy. Um, See, wait until he pops up. But uh, oh, until he, until he uh, comes in, we'll get this out of the way now, so that if we go into uh, um, U.S. Ark stuff and all that stuff. But um, the carpet of the week that I got is this pretty cool, pretty pretty cool. It is a carpet that was <laughs> found in a box um, behind a garden shed. That I don't know if you can see it. Look at those babies. But those babies wow. are hatching out. That's the best. I love it. Very that. cool. I can't wait to do that this it's year again. Cool. You know, look at that mom. Holy hell, man. You know how beat up she must be from That's that love in and the sacrifice wild? right there, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good mom. But, uh, Little bit of dorsal striping going on too. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah. I love that head too. Like it doesn't, you know, like right here. It's like there's yeah, really uh, fine scalation on that on the top of the head. Those those wild counterparts are just something a little bit little touch different from ours. I I love that. That's so So it's down in this area where it was found. This is a Brisbane coastal. Yep. True McDowell eye. I guess we like. I don't know. I guess we were up here by the airport when we were there. We didn't really go down here, but you know. But um, anyway, beautiful snake. Love me some crappets. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna do some mi this year if you got a good mom doing a nice Hell beehive? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. That's that's the way to go, in my opinion. I agree, hundred percent. But uh, yeah. The other, the other thing, me and Rob were talking the other day because Australia is reopening its border borders Whoop. to. I heard about that uh, international travel, which means that um, Rob was worried that I would bail on the SoCal trip and the Arizona trip. I said, "No, I'm still going to those. No worries." But I won't be going to U.S. Herpin anymore. Once the <laughs> it's all going to be yeah. Australia. After this year, it's Sorry, back guys. to international. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Keep me out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I'm glad to hear you say that because that means I won't miss out on an Australia trip because this year the wedding is going to make that impossible. And yeah. 
I still lost six hundred fifty dollars from that damn. <laughs> still last has a, son a, of a bitch. A, a, store, a scar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I still have my ticket voucher, so. I got nothing. I got less yeah. than nothing. Damn. But uh, so yeah. Scott, well, I want to go. Uh, all good. I'll sell some <laughs> yeah, snakes and make it happen when when twenty twenty three rolls around. You know how it goes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Might be done with I mean, school, depending on what time. <laughs> we can. Uh, oh, dude, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not you're not gonna want to come back, man. <laughs> I believe you, right, Scott? <laughs> What's up? 100%. Ooh, facial hair. Butlery. <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody's not proud at all. <laughs> not at all. No, not, not at all. Looking sharp, man. Butlery, like who? Butlery, man. What was it? Twenty-five years in the making. Congrats. 24 fucking years 24 Congratulations. Long, long years but look hey look at the end of the day I'm, I'm just stoked you know I'm so happy that I was able to knock something over and you know you know Ty got Ty got her well so that she'd been trying to breed for years and I got finally got to breed the bloody uh, Rosigno, uh um, Butler eye so they're both go. pretty happy so it's been a good year so. Now, if you could only get Eric and Owen to get their shit together and you know make some imbricata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know they don't seem to behave themselves, but that's all right. No yeah. indifference to the real Eric and Owen, I suppose. But that's all right. <laughs> no, yeah. it's very. Hey, just about that egg incubation stuff that you were talking about before with respiration. Yeah, everyone's incubators are still pretty much right. The air doesn't move around so much in their incubators. Right, some people use fans, but most of the people don't. Right? Mm-hmm. If I got fans of mine, I got my, yeah. I got fans. Me too. Yeah, right. Go ahead, and boys. There you go. Oh, maybe <laughs> I'm just weird. Um, <laughs> the problem is, right, is if if you don't have any air movement within that incubator, your air holes. If you put air holes in the top, you don't get any venturi effect from passing oxygen, right, right or passing air movement, mm-hmm. and that's what actually gets the air from outside of the tub into the air, into into the tub, right? So as the air moves across the top, you get a venturi effect, which causes a low-pressure system within the uh, within the tub, which then forces air out because it always wants to equalise in pressure, right? With eggs that are usually sitting in stationary areas and also, too, your herp room, a lot of people's herp rooms have got stationary um, airflow in them as well. They don't really have air moving around. That's why we run a fan in our room. Um if you want your ventilation to work more effectively, you've got to have that air movement. If you don't have air movement in an egg tub, you need to have the air holes at the same height or lower than the eggs, okay? Because carbon dioxide is heavier than the rest of the atmosphere and you will actually get carbon dioxide sit in around your eggs and that can also cause suffocation and an increase in temperature. Yeah. There's that that story of the like gas cloud from the volcano that like rolled down the hill and killed the whole village because it's yep. heavier than air. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. So Sorry, heavier in, than oxygen. <laughs> in one of the uh, incubators we have at the shop that we cook a lot of our our monitor lizard eggs in, in the bottom in this area that doesn't allow us to put an egg box in, we've got a, a couple water bowls with a just a computer fan right over it, so it's blowing right off the water and and it actually allows us to get away with a little less humidity directly in the egg boxes for some of the more sensitive species and allow it uh, humidity to still be present with the airflow in the ambient sort of overall airspace of the the incubator. And we've watched, you know, really dried out eggs swell up and inflate perfectly overnight. So one thing that I want to try maybe this year coming 
if I'm going to grab six eggs or something, and I'm going to try and incubate them with no water, no substrate, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Just put them in a, put them on a supporting cradle, um, mm-hmm. and just see how they go. Because I, I'm I'm struggling a little bit with the fact that they need all of this moisture, because they don't mm-hmm. always have this moisture in the wild. Right. They don't have 100 humidity in the wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So I'm wondering if they don't necessarily need that much moisture or the amount of moisture that we provide them. I I don't think there needs to be some ambient humidity in there, but I don't think it needs to be anywhere near as humid as we make it. Mm. And, you know, you see condensation on the tops of most egg boxes. I think if you've got the the setup right, you don't see that much condensation on on the top of your boxes anyway. Right. Condensation is showing that you've got a differential between the – Air and the humidity and the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. It it might very well be different for different species too, right? Like I think about oh, hundred percent. You know, oversaturating blackhead eggs. Some people think that's why they come out all bloated and yolk belly and you know just Ooh. not right. Um, that's uh, yeah. I don't know. So what's your what's your go to temperature for incubation? Do you have a go-to temperature? Because I've changed mine. I've gone from 30, 31, 30 to 30.1. No, 30, oh, sorry, 30 oh, shit. Celsius. Hold on. Yeah, get the conversions out. <laughs> yeah. In my it's one year. You realize it's only the USA that uses fucking Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, In my one year, I was at 30.56. Right. So we're going down. We've dropped ours down to twenty eight point five to twenty nine. Yeah, and the, the hatchlings look stronger. They look better, and they take longer to hatch out. But they they are looking significantly better. I wonder. I wonder how much of the whole idea of our incubation temperatures is based off of getting them out of the egg quicker to get to be the first one to produce more. What is that noise? Ed, uh, Scott, do you have uh, us on somewhere else? What? Hmm. Is that the one? We got that I don't one. know. There we yes. go. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> there we go. All right. It's my fucking fan. I don't know what it was. It was uh, my fan. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to sweat um, it out if you want to talk with us. That's how it goes. <laughs> um, but I was saying, like, how do you, uh, do you think that, that, those incubation temperatures were to try to get it out of the egg quicker. What do you think? Like, uh, I, think ha- I think people were always in a rush to try and get the eggs out as fast as they could. But I think the other thing too that, um, and I, look, I've only temp gunned very, very few wild clutches of eggs, um, but right. I have happened to temp gun carpet pythons. Um, I think there's a video on YouTube that. That because there's thermogenesis, I saw him doing thermogenesis in a while, which is fucking cool. Um, and I think for memory, they were 31.5 hmm. on the temperature, so you know that would suggest that that temperature is, is spot on. And I've got a feeling that there was some temperature studies done years ago on python eggs, and mm-hmm. you know, and what temperatures females aim for. So whether that was done on wild snakes or whether that was done on um, uh, captive animals, who knows? I mean, captive animals are probably going to have a, a a change anyway. There is an old paper on incubation of jungle carpets in the wild. Mm-hmm. A person that put some data loggers in a 
uh, in four wild clutches at a place called Barmaga. Um, there's a banana farm that he was working on. And in that banana farm, he was one of the pickers, I suppose. And whenever people found a snake clutch, they'd tell him and then he'd go and stick a data logger in the in the snake clutch and had reproductive information on a heap of wild carpet clutches. Um, that's, that was all pre-internet too, so, uh, you know, I don't think it's stuff online. But um, I could probably dig up the papers if you're really interested. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to say that there's, there is some variance now that – the same time you know you think that there's got to be a, a there's got to be some sort of ability for eggs to deal with swings in temperature because carpet python eggs and, and every other egg that's out there is often laid in a bit of a clump they're not usually laid nicely individually with a you know 30 40 millimeters of space in between each egg and you know <laughs> perfect oxygen exchange and you know they're covered in leaf litter and dirt and shit and all the rest of it um but they're designed to hatch. So I think they've got to be a little bit easier to hatch out. And I think some of the issues that people have are directly a result of them doing stuff that they don't need to do and they're pushing the eggs outside of their normal comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, we've already we've already seen Owen incubate them at, you know, whatever <laughs> ambient was, like yeah. high 70s for 100 days. Yeah. Just whatever the airflow in the box inside the incubator was, like they all hatched out. They were just fine. They took a little while longer to hatch, took a little while longer to feed, but they were just fine. So low end of the spectrum is clearly around there, if not lower. High end of the spectrum is probably a little more detrimental for your your successful hatch rate. But yeah, I mean it seems like there's a range. You know, bell curve it out, and it's probably where you're what realistically it is for every species and that bell curve is probably tighter for some than others about what's possible. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think that, you know, I think that any clutch that, that you hatch out and you get sort of 80% plus hatch rate on is a successful clutch. Would everyone agree with that? Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. There's, always, there's always going to be some eggs that are fucking yeah. useless and they just die or for whatever reason. Right? Or whatever fertile to begin with. Yeah. 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 yeah 100%. But so what do you got? Oh, go ahead, Scott. Sorry. So what I tend to find is that, you know, when we have an egg death, if it's unless it's like completely separate from all the other eggs, we just fucking leave it. We don't care because the eggs are meant to have a reasonable, healthy, um, antibacterial, antimicrobial coating on the outside of them anyway. Mm-hmm. So they should mm-hmm. be able to deal with it. If it's a healthy egg, it should be able to deal with a bit of mold or it should be able to deal with a bit of fluff or fungus or whatever because at the end of the day, the wild carpet eggs and all the other wild snake eggs I've seen have all been covered in rubbish. And yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So I wonder then if there's a if there's a reason if we are letting stuff through that are not good clutches of eggs to get out. Right. If you look at those look at those eggs, they're not good looking, pretty <laughs> eggs. Well, no, you know. <laughs> a little bit. You know, they look at that. Oh, carpet eggs in the wild always look like that. They always look rubbish. Mm-hmm. They all seem to hatch. Right. What well, about that- the idea? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that makes me think of, you know, like the different micro ecosystems, like, you know, all the different bacteria and, and little microscopic thingies that live in the dirt in Australia are different than the little 
microscopic thingies that live in the dirt elsewhere, you know, maybe some of it is, is, uh, synergistic, who knows, you know, like there's so many instances of, of, um, like a a native, uh, biotic factor helping like the root systems of a native plant, like, or something like that, you know, maybe some of that is good, right? Like sterile isn't always, isn't always synergistic or net positive. No, I agree. I, I was going to say, what about the idea of like, what, what do you guys think about the idea that every, like in nature, right? Every snake doesn't hatch. Every baby doesn't make it to adulthood, which is why they have, you know, yeah. if we're talking carpets, probably why they have a large amount of eggs. So, you know, is some of that, can some of that be coming into captivity as well? Like meaning that. So one of the things that we select for is we select for feeding. Mm-hmm. Right, they're hatchlings. So a lot of people select for color, mutation, pattern, whatever it is. We select for feeding. If it's a good feeder right from the bat, that's the ones mm-hmm. that we hold back. They're the ones that we want to keep because in five to ten years, or five to ten clutches, I should say, you're going to have those those animals that are reproducing. Good feeder to good feeder. You know, it's a tra- it's a heritable trait like everything else. So that's one of the things that we look for. Um, I don't like cutting eggs um i will actually tear eggs rather than cut them and i'll tear them usually three days after the first one pips and i'll do a little tear and if it and it's enough that the animal can get out but if it doesn't get out of that small tear that's it you know the thing wasn't designed to hatch if it wasn't designed to hatch because it's got a it doesn't have an egg tooth or the egg tooth was was weak and it formed and, and fell off during the cutting process or whatever then I don't want to be breeding from that because at the end of the day, you're going to end up having a bad quality, um, bad quality lawn or a bad quality, um, a bad quality hatchling in the first part. By you know, tear, those ones don't, what's that? By tear, well, do by you mean tear. like by like literally pulling it by hand or just a, a manual tip two, sort of two, size? Two pairs of tweezers. Yeah. Two pairs of tweezers like that. And I'll just go click hmm. and you get a tear that's about like that long in a diamond shape. Cool. Yeah. Um, that long in a diamond shape, and when I tear that, the whole idea of a tear is that you don't cut blood vessels. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I've seen people oh, literally knives and they fucking yeah, yeah you, you do you, that too, right? Yeah, I've seen people yeah. like somehow literally open the outer shell without breaking the inner albumin at all, and it's it's brilliant. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just I'll just use a pair of tweezers and just tear them. And nice. Okay. Work fine. It hmm. seems to for me. It seems to work better than trying to use um, That's uh, good tip. like a razor blade or scissors. Or yeah. yeah. Hey, look. If people like cut their eggs and do their do their egg cutting, more power. Sure. But it's not set a point in it. So. Yeah, but you're essentially operating under if it's not going to make it out, even with a manual opening, it's got some sort of weak deficiency that is not worth perpetuating. So let it let it let it cull itself if that's going to be what happens. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. And it can't be a good thing to, to let any of those blood vessels rupture and, and those nutrients, you know, just leak out at the end of the process. You have an ethical dilemma though too, right? Because the ethical dilemma side of it is that you've brought that egg through to that point. You're responsible for its life and its creation. Well then feed it to a blackhead and all is well. (laughs) (laughs) 
the nutrients carry on. <laughs> see, that would be really interesting, right? I'd love to see that with endangered species legislation over in the States. Once yeah, that they hatches, never let that happen here. Once that animal hatches, right, that animal is a thing. If you're, if you then just go and feed it off to something, there might be issues with the legalities in that. Yeah. Oh, so there's already, there's in already the, been uh, huge examples of that. Yeah. In are Europe, you thinking of years the, uh, ago, the, the giraffe. giraffe? Yes. Yeah. They, they <laughs> bred a giraffe to allow it to experience its normal routine of cycles and breeding as a form of natural behavior and enrichment. But the animal, the offspring that was created out of this was not only not valuable to the genetic pool or population, but it was actually somewhat inbred. Genetically speaking, it was healthy outwardly. And uh, they allowed it to occur to give those animals the opportunity to do that. And then they just and they let the it, fed it watch. off to their lions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and over, over in that part of Europe where this happened, it is a much more accepted and common practice. And, and people don't lose their bananas about it as much. But it yeah. caused a lot of ruffled feathers here in the States. I had to so. write a bunch of essays on that for the zoo science masters. <laughs> I, I was working at the yeah. Santa Barbara zoo at the time when that happened. And we, they breed giraffes regularly. And, and at the time we were, you know, right. producing one a year or something like that. And it was a yeah. very interesting time. And in yeah. AZA stuff, there's a whole other consideration, which is there's only so mm -hmm. many enclosures in the whole country. So you do have to be selective when you're space is the biggest limiting factor. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. genetic, they've got the whole lineage figured out. They know who's the most valuable and who's least valuable and whose genes are well represented and what. And then if you decide that somebody's not, a good part of that project there's outrage if you sell it to the private sector there's outrage if you euthanize it so what do you do <laughs> right so what what aza does is they have other zoos that are geriatric holding facilities for things like that and and it's a limited resource so yeah there's yeah, a lot exactly. of there's a lot of gray area in that it can be exactly for sure but anyway not to get you off uh, track there scott all good now that's all i wanted to say guys but i've got to keep moving i've got a million things to do no time to do them all otherwise. right um, Thanks for popping in. Good talk, yeah. Have a one. We'll talk soon. See you soon. Sounds good. Take care. Adios. But yeah, man. It, it's I like what Alan said there. You know, just in terms of wheels spinning and and continuing the thought. You know, what about the pressure differential between the egg and the outside environment? You know, can can that be a more important thing than we actually give it credit for? I don't know. What I do know is that incubating eggs, from what I can tell, is is pretty much just as much in its infancy as it's ever been. Um, and that's not something that has changed much in the last few decades. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than the vessels people incubate their eggs in right. or the media used underneath or, you know, the general trend of temperatures and things. But ultimately, for as long as people have been breeding snakes, people have been trying different methods like that so yeah yeah but definitely a lot of questions you know i mean like like bob evans here says anytime you have a gradient temperature moisture oxygen whatever it is and a, a membrane it will try to equalize and that's that's true right so the egg is a semi-permeable membrane correct it's ingenious it allowed you know, vertebrates to take the pond with them when they crawled out of the water and, and have babies not in, not in the water, <laughs> but right. it's also a little bit uh, fussy in terms of conditions. And that's what we see. 
Well, and the other thing too is when a female for species that do maternally incubate naturally in the wild, when a female is around those eggs, that contact uh, and that temperature uh, retention, even with the outside fluctuation, does the same thing as when it's cold outside and fluctuating, but it's stable in here. You get condensation on your windows. So what it does is it creates a little bit of natural humidity within that coil, and then the female sort of tightens or loosens her coils to regulate that, that breathability shivering for, for right. thermogenesis. Um, well, there's and a it's, lot of little, it's interesting little tweaks. Too, like when you think about the, the shape that ventral scales have evolved to have and kind of the plasticity of them, like when you touch the, the underside of a snake, that scale can do so many different things, right? Like it's it almost like it. a weird yeah, feeling it can contour very and nicely. Exactly. So, I mean, it really can form quite a seal. Um, yeah. and in my, uh, maternal clutch with brettles last year, where, um, the one female kept leaving the eggs to wrap around, uh, the ceramic bulb guard, you know, she would wrap with the ventral scales with the belly facing out. So I'm sure they would dry out um, hmm. if there were if there was any residual moisture on her belly. And that was the clutch that sank in the most, right? Those eggs were, I was worried they were dehydrated uh, to the point of, of potentially dying. Um, they didn't, but the, the mother that never left and kept that perfect seal of the ventral scales the whole time, those eggs were plump and juicy to the end. So <laughs> there's something to that for sure. Yeah. So what Scott was saying is they can probably experience a, a range of ambient humidity and still survive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, I think mom has some control of that, right? Yes, she absolutely yeah. does. I mean, Isn't there are examples of like peeing next to the exactly. eggs. Exactly. Yeah. Peeing on the eggs, like mm -hmm. in the coils to add humidity a hundred percent. Yeah. They're smart, man. Oh. At least the ones that would have lived in the wild are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they made it millions of years for a reason, right? That's what I always say. Different kinds of intelligence. Lisa's saying, do the eggs go through chemical reaction before hatching that makes them more brittle, therefore easier to pip? Someone once told me that they also, that they, uh, wait, told me that they also. Egg tooth is 100% a real thing. You can see it when yeah. they yeah, hatch out. For sure. 100%. Anybody who says that is. And it comes uh, off after the anything. first shed. Um, yeah. and as far as the, the brittleness, the only thing I can attribute that to is the amount of time, heat and uh, depletion of the fluids inside the egg as the embryo develops in theory, you know, when a baby, uh, hatches, there's like nothing left in the egg. There's no yolk. There's not much moisture. Just a little so, bit of albumin. <laughs> yeah. So of course it, it makes sense that it would be a little more dry, brittle by them. Yeah. Agreed. It was really fun to they were ball python little readers. egg teeth. <laughs> oh, good. So the <laughs> people that love that. natural history and science. Uh, oh, Wikipedia perfect. keepers. Perfect. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, okay. boy. Should we dig into politics? <laughs> yeah, should we get into the elephant in the room since, since yeah. everybody's talking about it and we should sort of... You know, One, the more I think about yeah. it, it's like it, it is worth because we do have a regular show and we do have an audience and they do care to hear our opinions. I always find it interesting when, I, when somebody's interested in my opinion on something so public and I know me, me too, like, right? It's always For like, sure. why, why <laughs> my opinion means hey, nothing. Why? And, and I'm not even very well versed in like 99% of the stuff out there. So like, 
<laughs> but at the same time, I can understand from a listener's point of view, if I was listening to something um, that was relevant and pertinent, I'd be like, oh, I wonder what they have to say about this. So mm-hmm. I get it. I, I think it is. I think it is worth bringing up. It is the well, big I think it's also like maybe this is too meta, but I think there's a big hole in our in our society where long form conversations about topics like this that are contentious don't happen. So, you know, yeah. I think folks want to hear it because then you get actual perspectives from actual people about actual things, not the talking points on the paper they hand to the dude on TV for the 30-second spot. You know, sure. it's like sure. so let's yeah. dig into it, right? Like yeah. people want to engage with this stuff. So, let's pull it up. Um, for anybody yeah. who isn't aware, we are talking about the the recent uh Lacey Act amendments attached to the America Competes Act of 2022. Now, this this bill is a, a massive, massive bill that encompasses a huge amount of things. Like the reptile side of stuff is just like a little snuck in footnote, which is what they it's were counting a tick on. On the on the deer that is the bill. <laughs> which is why this <laughs> stuff happens, because yeah. it is so small and inconspicuous, they can add these little writers onto these bills. Right. And the people who are involved in the bigger picture issues aren't necessarily going to see it. So um, essentially, it's a it's an economic stimulus bill, right? It's it's designed to to right. to to revamp and and bring some more fiscal energy into our economy and kind of bring us up as a result of all the challenges from COVID and international competition and changing relationships with China yeah. and this and that. And then with a with a specific emphasis in semiconductor game, which is supposed to be correct. the gold of the of the next century or whatever the hell. So right. trying to make semiconductors domestic. Yeah, and and so uh, to give perspective, this is definitely not the first time Lasiak amendments have been added, tried to be snuck in under the radar. For those who don't know, the Lacey Act is basically a regulatory interstate commerce thing as it pertains to wildlife and animals in in order to, uh, in theory, in order to preserve native wildlife and and kind of regulate the overall commerce and interstate transport of any and all wildlife. And it kind of gets abused a little bit here and there. And right now, um, that's exactly the the avenue these little riders are taking. So trying to change that to make it essentially, you know, more under federal control for them to be able to regulate what goes between each state and just it it's yeah, it's kind of scary how vague this is. So let's let's dive in. Eric, yeah. you wanna yeah. you wanna run with that? Sure. I mean, so um I don't know. I I got. Do you do you remember, Riley? In two thousand nine, I think it was. Was the the HR six six nine? Was that similar to? Um, was that somehow put on the Lacey Act as well, or was that just a separate bill? Do you remember? I don't remember if that. Are was you referring the Lacey to Act when they amendment. tried to do the initial like retic anaconda berm afrox sort of no. deal? <laughs> Way before that, right? Before so, that, that's what I thought. I think HR six six nine sort of started out as this bill that was supposed to basically. It's very similar to this, right? But 
there they were just trying to outright ban anything, everything. There was no whitelist. It was just like anything that was non-native to the United States was basically banned at that point. Any animal, you know, um, which is weird because they don't ban plants. And you think that plants would be more invasive, no? Right. <laughs> or yeah, talk about the invasive yeah. animals that are already here. Like the freaking honeybees yeah, are not even native. Dude. Squirrels. Like, <laughs> squirrels, right. it, yeah. It, it, I guess the argument back then was is that it, it's not going to fix the problem. And I just see this as, I guess, since going back to all the way then, like 2007 to, to now, it's not going to stop. It's going to continue to be something that we're going to continue to have to fight against. I think that's, um, oh, yeah, that guitar guitar wood. Koa wood, no more Koa. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, so it, this is why the three of us get frustrated with sometimes with how the hobby uh, puts itself in the limelight and like why we might be critical of people that other people may look at as a YouTube star or whatever, you know, and I, I don't want to get into that whole nonsense because, you know, at this point, I think that it's imperative that the reptile hobby joins together, put your differences aside, stop fighting about whether it's in a tub or a rat or a, or a bioactive enclosure, stop, like, put, you know what I mean? Like, can't we just agree to disagree for a moment so that we can get past this or there's going to be no hobby 100%. because they're not going to stop. And they're in, and if we can't even get on the same page, how do we expect other people that are outside of this hobby to get on the same page? Right. But it's frustrating that, you know, as soon as this dies down, everybody sort of goes, I was saying this on NPR last night, which will come out Tuesday. But the one thing that we were sort of chatting about was that we're either at zero or we're at a hundred. We're never, mm -hmm. why can't we just coast at like 70%, you know, like always kind of keeping the, because if it wasn't for us arc, I, I believe that they're the ones that found this in this bill. Yep. It would have passed, and, you know, we wouldn't know anything about it and then we would be in a whole different situation. So, yeah. um, I think, yeah. I think it's shitty that they kind of lump this stuff in with other bills. You know, we were talking about before the show, I just wish, you know, the U S would get to a point where they just voted on a topic, a bill, whatever the law and it, that's it. Not all these other bullshit that's in it, you know, um, because it just makes you think what else is getting passed in it. And it's hard to argue with somebody that's not into reptiles because, as you said, Riley, it's sort of like one of those things where, you know, oh, you don't want to compete. You don't want America to compete. You don't want us to be, you know what I mean? And it, it what just about the semiconductors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just becomes like, yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, know, I, I, too, for people that have no interest in keeping reptiles in boxes at home, there's there's ammo on the other side that is legitimate. I mean, the the devastating impact of invasive reptiles to what was a native Florida ecosystem a very long time ago. 80 years ago. That's fair. Yeah. That's valid. And look, right. I mean, you know, you, you can't argue with that. It's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> like tegus and and all the Burmese pythons and yada, yada, you, you name it. You know, you can't just like take that side of the argument and throw it away and say, we don't look at that. Everywhere else is fine. Like, right, but, but at right. the same time, it doesn't have to be a binary. It doesn't have to be every single situation where people are allowed to have reptiles leads to Florida or, you know, vice versa. Like there can be other yeah. solutions to prevent that from happening further. That is not just a, you know, 
huge all-encompassing legislation like like what we see here with the creation of whitelists and blacklists for all non-dog and cat species. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's I just that's- too long of a list of animals for anybody to realistically understand. I mean, I think we've all seen quite clearly how the exotic pet industry is a very specialty sort of avenue and niche of understanding and, you know, dogs, cats, whatever you bring it home, you th- throw the bed on the floor, the water bowl there, the food bowl there, you take it out to go do its thing, or you have the litter box, whatever. And it doesn't matter what the, the lighting in your ceiling is or what temperature it is. As long as the animal's not freezing or melting, it's like, whatever, <laughs> this yeah. is very, very specific. This requires very, very high level attention to detail. And we're asking people who have too much on their plate already that couldn't even be bothered with wildlife to then go and memorize and learn how to distinguish hundreds of thousands of exotic animal species. That's, I, nothing about that is realistic. So no, the fact that we're asking suits to just be like, nah, no, I think that's just dumb. Yeah. I think Stuff. like the 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 yeah. other part of it too, right? Is like you know, I think that our, I, I think Ryan McVeigh was talking about this, and he was sort of saying that, um, and again, this is his experience with the legislators that he worked with, and I guess he was he was one of the people that was I, I don't know where he's from, I can't remember. I want to say Wisconsin. Is it Ohio, Wisconsin. Okay, I think um, it was in Wisconsin or Chicago or something like that. Right. So anyway, he was able- frozen like you. to to his local legislators and they were able to work together right because i think that we have at least i i would say me right i have this opinion that there's some guy in a suit somewhere some lady in a suit somewhere that you know all they're worried about is you know they they don't know anything about reptiles they don't know anything about like any kind of knowledge of what we have right you know to to them keeping an exotic animal may be either weird or they don't care, or I don't think that they're out to necessarily ban it. The problem is, is that, you know, he's sort of saying that these, you know, animal rights groups and all these kind of things are pushing these bills. And if there's no pushback, right. From, from the reptile community or the fish community or the mammal community or the bird community, you know, whatever, then they're able to, to get it through right? animal right. rights groups are very united and coordinated yeah. and They're tactical united. uh whereas we, we have us arc and we barely can get together with that you know <laughs> and it's uh, amazing what phil does with it's in it is amazing absolutely it's, it's just amazing you know absolutely um, um but so I, lost I, my train I was going to keep going. Well, what I, what I was going <laughs> to say is that I think that when you're calling your your legislators, that it's it's important to talk to them with that frame of mind, like because I think sometimes what happens, and I'm going back to, to to the first time that I ever did this, right? I was mad. How dare you take away this? You know, so I'm calling up and I'm just yelling at people. Right now, imagine you know, however, say there's 5,000 reptile people that call in one day to this one senator and they're just like, why the fuck are you going to take away my rights, you motherfucker? Blah, 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 yeah. blah. You know what I mean? It just comes, it doesn't, you're not, you're not, you're not doing us, in my opinion, you're not doing any good. You you might be making it worse. So mm-hmm. have that in mind when you're talking with you. It's sort of, and you know, it kind of clicked with me too, because Zach sort of talked about this with, 
the fish and wildlife right. or like Being you know, in between it, those two yes, worlds for sure. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. I mean, it, it's not going to be helpful to call and scream and, and cry and, you know, be right. what they think you are, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, like what, what the negative stereotype is about somebody that keeps oh, man. a giant snake in the me, basement. You guys got <laughs> okay. me wishing I could, I could drive a couple animals over to the Capitol and just be like, Hey, let me show you how coolies are. <laughs> right. But you know, I think you really, I mean, Look, we make fun of beardy mommies and leopard gecko people and snoot boopers all day long. But, but guess that's what? The majority, the, of the majority of people, of the majority of the herpeticulture biomass and the family pet, George, the bearded dragon that's been in the household for 19 years. Like that has a lot more sway politically than the yes. one seed in an entire county that has 600 animals and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and another thing that, that I think was, was, um, I thought was interesting and I thought it was a good point is the fact of us arc. Like, you know, we've done it with carpet fest where we've donated the us arc, you know, NARBC, all the big right. shows, they do auctions for rep, you know, us arc and try and support them. But, um, the one thing that was was brought up was the fact that people should sort of join US Arc because if you if you remember when they when they were able to get the retics back on the uh, off the Lacey Act, I guess is how you would say it, right? Um, that that only applied to people that were in US Arc. So, like, I would imagine that that makes a difference if you're going if you're Phil and you're going up to uh, to talk to these um, politicians. The amount of people that are in that organization is going to make a difference. No, I mean, I would if agree. You have yeah, fifty thousand members. You know, it's one thing. If you have four million members, right, it's a totally different thing. It's not know? just the financial resources. It's it's definitely the headcount too. I mean, there's Correct. there's a reason. You know, organization. Yes. Regardless of your view on it, there's a reason organizations like the NRA have so much power. And it's not just the money. It's it's the amount of people. Um, and. And we just argue with each other. I mean, Christ, we couldn't even agree on putting a dollar on a freaking ship your reptile package. I mean, it just became yeah. a whole big thing. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Really? Right. This is where we're at? <laughs> you know? Right. And, it, you know, it, it, it's also it goes back to that point that obviously not everybody is financially well off. Yeah, uh, especially in this hobby because we spend all our damn money on snakes. Um, so you know, uh, but but you right don't you have are, to sir. be like all the efforts towards portraying the hobby in a better light or trying to sway the public perception of what this is doesn't have to yeah. be financial. It, you know, conduct yourself yeah. differently, <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, yeah, just you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but I would I would imagine that if you could donate your time right to sort of help them in some way, I'm sure that you know US Arc would take people to volunteer for things. I'm sure they have shit that has yeah. to get done. I, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know how that works, but yeah. I don't know. I mean I, yeah. So basically I guess maybe we should just sort of talk about what this is. So it's gonna you know, as we talked, it's going to ban. You can't take stuff across state lines. You know, um, they're going to make the whitelist. Um, and I think is it is it that everything is put on the blacklist first, and then 
is moved to the white list. Do we know that? Uh, Species so, can be imported. This means that any animal that is not on the white list is by default treated as potentially injurious and is banned for importation. The white list creates a much larger de facto banned list, a.k.a. the blacklist. Right. It's assured that the banned list will be much larger than the white list. Essentially, all species will be guilty until proven innocent. So there right. you go. There you go. Yeah. There's yeah. not a gray list. <laughs> right. <laughs> no gray. <laughs> no gray. Damn. I live Shit. in the gray. Why do people um, keep clinging to binaries? <laughs> I think that um I think the other thing too is this uh emergency emergency designation that um they're trying to give fish and wildlife that bas- basically um it becomes effective immediately and after being I guess after they pass this, it just becomes, and that means there's no due process, no public input, no hearings, right. no advance notice for nothing that they want to make injurious. So right. my taking of that, and I don't know what you guys think, it's going to be one of those things where I'm in Florida, I find a carpet python, carpet pythons are injurious, they're on the list. No? Well, so I think that? that it's it's not necessarily even that it has to be proven injurious. Like, I don't think they have to find one alive i think that it's discretionary can it live based on these conditions right which is right uh predictive it it you know i don't know what their models are for that like i know that like for tegus for example they have modeled out what is likely to happen as it disperses mm-hmm. but i don't know how they would look at say you know species x from Australia and say, hmm, I bet this would not die in mm-hmm. Los Angeles or Florida or right. whatever, you know, so uh, that's not clear, but that's, that's the issue is that if everything's, you know, assumed to be problematic until proven not problematic, what's the incentive to prove something not problematic? <laughs> right. You know, and, um, and to your point with that, why, if it can be injurious in Florida, should that be the go-to right. for the rest of the country? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean. Exactly. I guess, I guess the, I think that the problem here is that the mindset is we just don't want to deal with any of the nuance, you know, just like, yeah, I don't want to deal with it. This isn't like something that affects most people that's their interpretation. So right. just make it all go away. I'm tired of hearing about these giant snakes in Florida. Right. <laughs> and right. I think that, uh, unfortunately the nuance matters. And I think that there are simply the cat is out of the bag. If you will, there's too many of these animals in too many households across the country. Just, you know, are they really going to enforce law if somebody moves 20 minutes away to a new house across the state line and wants to take the family pet with them and and turn that person into a felon i think that's ridiculous how are they going to do that they're going to check the house for animals like i you know there there is a point where there's a lot of there's a difference between legislation that is enforced and legislation that exists Um, correct so i don't know i don't see how that you know they're not going to check your car and you know, you, you hey, 
I heard you had a ball python. You got you bringing that with you? Like, right. <laughs> you know, show me the cage. You know, how is the how is that going to play out? No, I just got weed, man. I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, okay. The ball python's got to go. <laughs> I do think that there's valid arguments that certain species in certain areas, you know, if they're here, inevitably something's going to get out. But I don't think that this is the answer. I think that there's plenty of other ways to try and go about preventing future infestations that's not a all-encompassing, I don't want to deal with this, ban. I think my problem with the whole dealing with the injurious wildlife, I, I agree. It's sort of like we're in this we're in this terrible spot, right? Because we love nature, right? Most of us that are in the reptiles have uh, appreciation of nature. We have appreciation for, you know, the reptiles that are in our backyard and stuff like that. Florida has some amazing reptiles. The environment is 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 yeah you know is 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 just full of invasive species um so to sort of you know have that and then not necessarily how am i trying to say this like um you know it, it's always like we're 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 i don't know I, I I guess I'm just torn because I love the environment. I love herping. I love all those things. I don't want that to go away. Right. But this law doesn't do anything to fix that, if that makes sense. Exactly. Like you're not you're not gonna get rid of the Burmese pythons in Florida because this law passes. You know? Right. I understand the desire to to not want it to get worse than it already is. You know, and people yeah. can stay all, all day long. Well, you only focus on this, this, and this. Look at all the other invasive stuff. Look at domestic cats being the number one killer of wildlife. But like, yes, but that's not the point. The point is they're trying to prevent the next thing. Um, yeah. But I'm with you. There's other ways to do that. Um, right. You know, we've talked not about making, yeah, not making them illegal across the whole United States <laughs> is is <laughs> right. not the answer, you know? Right. But. Yeah. Yes. So um, all that being said, overall bill, depending on your political leanings, maybe has some good stuff. This part of the bill, not good stuff for us. <laughs> no. So what should the people do? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's directions right on USARC's website about what you can do. They, they make it really easy. They have yeah. whole step-by-step. Step. And in big, bold letters, the most important message is to remember to be civil and professional at all times. Don't come yes. guns ablazing, swearing mm -hmm. and cursing and hurling insults and all that stuff. It's yes. wrong place, wrong time, wrong person, and not going to help anything. doesn't work very well. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. So you call your senators, you email your senators, you fax and mail letters to your senator, senators, and you share this entire page that we've been talking about and encourage others to do the same. Yep. And if, if you feel strongly about this, but you don't necessarily know how to form the right argument or, or you're not confident in yourself with that, there's an entire list of uh, the, the core messaging that U.S. ARC is trying to drive home. Um, you know, things like how the uh, Lacey Act amendments can devastate thousands of small businesses of all sizes and and how, um, you know, incorporating interstate movements into the Lacey Act can turn law abiding family pet owners into felons. You know, like there's certain things that when you read it out loud, it's pretty hard to defend it. So, you know, go ahead and use that as a base for for your message. It's It's right there for you.
You don't have mm-hmm. to think. <laughs> you don't have to use your brain. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, U.S. Arc is just trying to remove this from that from that bill. That's it. Yes. They're trying to take this, this, yeah. this, what is it? Is it an amendment? Is it a addition? Yeah. What do they call it? Know they were saying amendments to the Lacey okay. Act. Yes. Right. So that, that's trying to come out, right? I think that, I think the one good thing for us at the moment, I mean, I don't know about you guys. You guys are a lot younger than me and I'm not saying this politically in any way, one way or the other. It doesn't matter. But I think Americans are fed up with 100%. the whole Yep, thing on both sides. How it's run, you know, it's <laughs> yep. just like we're run by people that just get richer, people get poorer. I, you know, we talk about it all the time. I tell you guys how like the the, the bad neighborhood and I'm in. People get shot every day. It came to one of my assistants. Their son got shot nine times, and they're not going to do anything about it because there's nothing going to happen to the person because the DA in Philadelphia at this point doesn't want to prosecute anybody, right? And it's just the, the people are just done, right? Mm-hmm. And look at all the stuff that's happening up in Canada. Whatever, what, whatever side you're on, it doesn't make a difference because, uh, in my opinion, behind the closed doors, they're all the same, right? You know, because they tell you one thing to your face and then they're doing something totally different. The whole yep. freaking lot of them. And I think America, Americans, I think younger people are mad because of what we're leaving to them. This is bullshit. You know, I'm getting out of college. You told me this American dream. I can't afford a goddamn house because I'm paying for this college for whatever. I'm not saying that free college is the answer, but you got to do something. As the resident young person, I'm mad. Yeah, exactly. I'm not expecting to live past 35. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Uh, you know, I I don't know. Again, I, I just. I'm not I'm not trying to be political. I don't want this to come across like, you know, I'm one. But I, I, I think that that momentum that we have right now sort of makes this one of those things where maybe we could tap into that, come together for a moment and say, no, this is bullshit. You're overreaching with this. You can't do this. You know what I mean? If you want to add something to the Lacey Act, do it the right way, the way it's supposed to be done, you know, and if you can't prove that it can be added to it, well, then you lose. If you can, then we lose. But right. here's the thing. You've got to do it the right way. You can't just change laws because, you you know, you feel like, oh, well, you know, uh, this person's going to donate, you know, X amount of dollars to me. And yeah, they're I mean, going to get well, what they want. And, and there there's the rub, as they say, it's it's the money is the power and that's the problem. Right. And unfortunately, our opposition in terms of the animal rights groups and stuff like that have a lot more money and are a lot more unified and a lot more united. Right. Yeah. Because they put the fluffy kittens on the newsletters and say, donate to PETA. Sarah McLaughlin singing the song. It's all (laughs) good, you know. You know, the deck is stacked against us. That's that's a fact. But the way to, to help that um, at least incrementally, I'm not saying that this is going to make the whole America competes thing go away, but is to is to represent the animals positively and not be a dickhead, <laughs> you yeah. know, showing a half eaten blood, you know, spilt, you know, live feeding on your Instagram, like rock on, you know, like that's not helping. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. Um, no. So, you know, make make rep. Again, we make fun of the beardy mommies, but. Anytime that the masses think a reptile is cute is kind of a check mark for for what we want. I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't have to be your yeah. thing, but don't chastise people for loving an animal. That's what you want yeah. them to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, because now when we're in these situations, you know, Beardy Mommy is going to call and say, what do you mean that this yeah. is going to be legal? You know what George I mean? George loves like, lettuce. You can't take right? it from me. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, 100%. I don't know. You're kind of quiet, Riley. You got any thoughts? <laughs> no, in just that couple minutes, that's all it takes to go literally email your senators because that's what I just did. Nice. Literally <laughs> in that, that three minutes. It that's how long I wanted to see. Like, how long is it gonna take me to go to their website, yeah. find my state, find my senators, send them both an email? Less yeah. than three minutes. Super easy. Mm-hmm. Super, super yeah. easy. Yeah. And so I know, think the just, one thing that they brought up is too sorry, Lucas, I just want to say this no, real please. quick. But the one thing that they brought up real real quick on um with um Phil Goss is like he was talking about how uh, I guess the senators are about to go on vacation for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, basically, they're looking at like three, four weeks or so. So we're really not going. And then they're going to come back. And when they come back in that four weeks, because I was kind of wondering why U.S. Arc wasn't really like it. Didn't seem like they were pushing it hard. Like they were pushing it, but it was seemed like they were waiting for something. And it made more sense when he was talking and saying basically like, "Yes, contact everybody you need to contact now," but. Mm-hmm. When they come back from that break, you, that's guns ablaze in time. Like you got, we all have to have our shit together, and we have to, you know, go at it a hundred percent. You know, right. So and and again, not you know, we're not diving into the lake of of partisan politics right now. We're just talking about this one very specific thing on the bill. Right. But for context, um, because that matters in the House. It was overwhelmingly passed by the Democratic Party and voted against by the Republican Party. All that to say, regardless of where you stand, if you live in a state with Democratic representation in the Senate, it's more important for you to talk right now. Yeah. 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 I I mean, mean, everybody should talk. No, everybody should talk, but no... But know the know the context, know the environment that you're entering here. There is there and is where no the excuse. lines are currently drawn. They will make it so you can't order that damn fucking what is it? Those French bulldogs. They'll make it so you can't order one of those twenty thousand dollar things off the internet from a breeder in the other state because you want their line. Like they're gonna come after everything. Yeah, and again, I want to make it really clear. I'm not siding with any party or anything. I'm just saying that is the yeah. ecosystem that the legislation currently exists in. Yeah. So this is, it's important this is to not, know that. It's this, important to this know that. This goes beyond party alignments. This this is more about like if you have animals, you are under fire. Yeah. I mean, at I least that's though, what we're going to be focusing on for the context yeah, of I this th- conversation. I don't care about <laughs> yeah, right. the semiconductors right now. <laughs> right. I think Lucas's point, though, is sort of uh, maybe the the idea that like people that may not even know that this is in there. It seems like our country at the moment is like there's no nuance between you know if you're on this side, then if they can do no wrong, and if you're on the other side, then they can do no wrong, and it doesn't make a difference, and you're just going to go with what they say, you know. Oh, I'm I hate this one. I'm going with this. Right. I and, hate that and one. I'm going with that. this is probably a joke and it's probably trolling. But in the chat, like just from what I just said, Lucas is leaning towards the right. That's the problem with society. Did I say anything about what I believe? No, no. I stated a no. fact of who voted for what. So yeah. let's all get our heads out of the binary uh, two party <laughs> system uh, anus of a country we live in and <laughs> yeah. think about 
issues and not party lines. Okay. Right. Which is kind of the point. My you point is you that context matters. <laughs> My yes, point is yes. that the context is important. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you live in a state with a Republican representation in the Senate, you call the Democratic senator of another state. You know, I don't know. You know, like, yeah, that's all I'm I saying. I wonder if it's that like, matters. Do they call everybody or just your state? I didn't know it was U.S. I mean, you don't necessarily or, have to say that you live in somewhere else. I don't know. I'm just well, saying, like, Wiley, you just did it, right? Don't you have to put like your put your state of residence, state and all? Is it gonna make? I guess it's only gonna make an impact for that senator if you live in that state, right? Or probably, no? right? Probably. I know early on, I guess we just have to wait for US ARC to see what, what they say. But I think in the when they tried to do HR six six nine, they just said call everybody. Like every right. every senator that and at was, the end of the day, I mean? yes, I agree with that. But is anybody actually gonna do that? Probably like the one percent. You know, if you only have five minutes in your day, target correctly. That's all I'm saying. Sorry. Do does it. that mean we're does that mean we're killing it good or <laughs> we're we're killing the bill or I I don't, I don't no, know. No, we're killing it like we're doing good, but he's oh. saying he's he has no faith in the bill passing because mm-hmm. and I, I I tend to agree with him on this. I agree too, but it's it does to have it, 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 I agree with that as well. We shouldn't yeah. just sit back and not do anything because we think it's not going to pass. We should absolutely be doing everything possible. But I do agree. It seems highly unlikely that given the billions of dollars of industries that will be implicated in this uh, nationwide, I think some of the states will have other lobbying groups that have issues with this as well. There's a lot of money at stake. A yes, lot, yeah. a lot of money at yeah. stake. If we cut away, cut away all the lovey-dovey heartthrob, I love my insert animal here. Get rid of that. Just get yeah. down to the base tax. These are politicians we're talking about. They only speak in 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 numbers, facts, and, and money. That's it. That's You're all right. they care about. That's literally all they care about. So we play their game. They're tr- mm-hmm. This bill will remove money from the economy and put it into the black market, causing more crime, more issues, more tax expenditures, way more problems that they are already trying to reduce, but they don't even know about it because these riders, these paperclip little uh, amendments, I guarantee you, if nobody wrote our senators about the reptile stuff, they'd be like, what reptile amendments? I didn't read that. Because they don't read any of this shit. They read the, the little brief at the beginning. They, yeah. They somebody else and, to and do that's, it. that's a good point. There is a lot of money on... on There's a lot well, of money. Petco so, sells more than dog and cat food. A hundred percent. Petco, PetSmart, all of those big chains would, would be done. They'd be done. Like, absolutely yep. done. They would have zero animals, zero, because all of them come from those big box breeders that supply everyone all over the country. This just wouldn't even be possible. This industry would collapse statewide. Everybody would lose millions and millions and billions and billions of dollars. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. But that being said, get off your ass, write your senators, call your senators. Here's the, here's the other thing, right? I went to, um, I went to, I have a, is it a PetSmart? Yeah. Pets. Yeah, PetSmart that's around the corner from me. So 
I go in there every once in a while when I need crickets and whatnot. So I went in there to pick up some crickets and I was talking to the, you know, the girl that, that, that works that station or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned it to her. She had heard anything about it. Did PetSmart do anything? They didn't, they didn't do anything. And it's not like she was just some, you know, random clerk or whatever. She, she was, I, I believe she's like one of the managers, like maybe like with a night manager or whatever. But again, they, they, I mean, I don't know if PJAC sends that out to those type of, um, uh, you know, like PetSmart and Petco and all those big chain uh, pet stores and stuff, um, you know, but it seemed like they didn't know. So no, they it might that be, so it might, it might be um, a good thing to whatever your local pet shop is, you know, um, or, you know, anything that has anything to do with pet to let them know that this is going on because yeah, Riley, you're a hundred percent right. That's story that's gone, right? They don't know any of that stuff. The corporate tells them what they're allowed to know and allowed to do and anything mm-hmm. out of that, they get in trouble. They're not allowed to know other shit like that unless they're off the clock going doing their own research, which let's face it, we're talking about, you know, minimum wage sales associates in a, a corporate, you know, pet store around the country. They're that's probably a pretty small percentage of them self-educating themselves in that way. So, yeah, there's no information. Yeah. You'll a hundred percent of pet goes, pet smarts and whatever do not have any sort and, of information up for their employees to learn about this amendment right now. I and that may be, that may be a talking point that if you actually are talking to senators or, you know, whoever you're talking to, as far as, um, people about this that may not know about it is like to, you know, just what Riley said, like that's the, the economy's already in the shitter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is just gonna like, this is just a nail in the coffin in my opinion. Right. Because yeah, think sure. of, think of just the reptile hobby. Now think of fish, birds, yeah. frogs, you know, dogs, ferret. cats, Dogs yeah. and cats are absolutely under fire under this. This is huge. Like, so, think about the billions of dollars that are going to be lost in just the cat litter, the cat food. Like all, all of it's implicated. It's all implicated because just well, it would be, hurt my business. Yeah, it would. It would ruin so food. many different things because right. now people can't get the animals they want. So the lim- yeah, yeah, it would just be a domino effect. It would just screw so much business. It's like. These right. politicians are not paying attention to what the fuck they're doing. They're just busy. This is all Carol Baskin's fault. No, I'm just bitch, Carol Baskin. God damn it. Letting all damn them taggers. Letting all them damn taggers out in Florida oh. run wild. Them taggers. Uh, good bitch. job, Lucas. Way to make it light. I love it. They're <laughs> <laughs> all doom and gloom. And <laughs> no, well, I, okay, yeah. That and damn, I, Carol damn Carol Baskin. That damn Carol Baskin. Got out of control. Well, but that, I mean, you know. I'm, yeah, it's a joke, but yeah. also like yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people think of the people that keep lions and tigers like the same people that have the 20 foot snakes. It's kind of the same dude in a lot of people's heads. So, mm-hmm. you know, be aware mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. What they don't I, I see is the guy who does it responsibly. Right. I can't say it enough. I say it all the time. You know, vote with your dollar as far as the ho- our, our hobby goes. Right. Yeah, if you want to so. support people like stop. Stop, stop, stop watching people that do not do good for the hobby, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that you disagree, like not that you disagree with them or whatever. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But like, I really believe that a lot of the YouTubers and stuff, and I'm not trying to 
smash on YouTubers or anything like that. So I'm sure this is going to be taken out of context and old Joe Rogan made. Of course. Lot, but... No, it's perfectly <laughs> relevant because your views and your likes and things translate into their dollars. It's a hundred percent relevant. It's a hundred percent relevant. Correct. Right. So the point is, is that I promise you that those people that are doing YouTube are probably doing the things that they're doing because that is what's getting them views. And then ultimately that is what's bringing them in revenue, right? If you want that to change, stop watching it. And I promise you they're either going to go away or they're going to adapt to what will get Mm -hmm. them views. Right. Right. I think of like Emily from snake discovery all the time. Hundred percent, phenomenal YouTuber. Right. Yep. I don't want to hear your top five list of whatever the fuck you want to tell me what it is. Right. I don't right. want to hear about, you know, you, uh, you know, um, operating on a snake on YouTube. Like, I, do, I don't want to see this shit, man. Right. And I don't want to see you getting bit and, and all this stuff. Like, I don't want to see live feedings. I don't want to see any of that shit. Not because I don't like it offends me. It doesn't offend me. I don't give a shit. I'm worried about beardy mom. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's what yeah. I'm worried about. You and Emily is the ambassador yeah. for that part of the of the yes. reptile hobby. Yeah. She does a phenomenal job. And I she's, will like her videos, even if I don't watch it. Yep. Just because of that. She's 100%. a huge, she's a, she's probably our biggest um offensive weapon, if I can say that, in the fight against the negative perception of reptile keepers because yeah. her reach is so large and so vast and it's contagious. Yeah, it's hitting the younger more. generations and the parents are noticing it. And then like, they are exactly how they are on camera in real life. They are genuine. They're friendly. They're nice people. They don't go around acting like celebrities trying to get attention. They literally are just normal people. Yeah, and they're just right. like, Hey, we do this. We should show this on YouTube and, and show like this, this is just what we do. And they just happen to be some of the best examples of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think of, I think of I think of you two right here, the two of you guys that are in this call with me right now, right? I think of your guy, what you guys are putting out on YouTube. Great content, right? No bullshit, no drama. You're just talking about why you love these snakes, and oh shit, my wife was trying to call me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, That's not gonna work. Hi, uh, Dory. She ruined my groove. <laughs> he was on it. Um, but like I think of you two guys, right? And and I know Riley, like, you know, we had to keep pushing you to keep doing it because you're like, oh, I'm not getting the views, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that. You know what I mean? And like I know how like um I know how training. that can be, right? I know it's how tough. you can feel like I'm doing all this work and what am I doing it for? But like I keep trying to push you to do it because that has to be there, right? Because if you're yeah. not there, they're gonna go to somebody else, right? Yeah. To get that content. Which is right? why and, it's so right. important that you're infiltrating viral TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> For the cause. Dude, dude, that video has 2 million views. I know, and it's you getting bit, but it's cute. So now we love it. <laughs> dude, so I, I was initially like really torn with it blowing up because it's my knuckle. But like I literally pulled the snake out and I was like, oh, he's gaping. That'll be fun. And then he, what is he? he's biting me but it was really cute um and And sometimes that's like the the overwhelming response is positive sometimes that's okay because it is cute it's overwhelmingly positive dude i'd say like 99 percent of the comments or reactions for people who like didn't expect that are like 
why do I love this? Why is this so adorable? I don't like snakes, but this is adorable. Like, it's very rare that somebody's like, I would cut its head off or cut it in half or, you know, whatever. And I'd just make a joke out of it. Like some dude was like, I would run that over right in front of you. I was like, that's a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> right. And yeah. like, that's all it is. And uh, yeah, like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep, I'm not going to make bite videos obviously, but yeah, like it, <laughs> it launched, it launched that video to the point where now I have nearly 30,000 people watching my account. Right. And now what I'm putting out is like, hey, my tortoise just woke up from brumation. Hey, you ever seen a snake drink water? Like, yeah, exactly. look what this right. does. Like, and, it, and those, they're not getting, you know, the substantial views, but it's funny. Like, it's interesting how that works out. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't put out a video on YouTube last week because it was the first week of like waking snakes up and feeding and kind of getting into sure. that. And I'm, and I'm finding I'm behind this week again. So after we get off this, I'm going to scramble to put something up because two weeks of nothing is bad. Um, specifically because what you guys said, like I do have this, this angel and demon sort of thing going on. This one side is like, screw it, quit putting effort into this. You don't really, it's not your passion. So like focus elsewhere. And then there's this other side that's like, but there's 2,200 people that subscribe and follow and watch and wait for this every week and want to see it. That's not by accident, man. So, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's not, that's not. And the thing of it is, is like, I don't think that you will realize your impact on the hobby until much later on. Right. Because yeah. right now it seems like, I, dude, I, I, it, I've been through it multiple times with NPR, right? It, we're, we're 11 years into it. And I would be lying to you if I told you that at some point it's like, okay, what, why do we keep doing this? Or is yeah. it worth doing, you know? Yeah. And when I start to have like, you know, there was, there was a, there was a fork in the road that we had, right? It was like, I felt that at the time, you remember how much drama there was Riley at the, in the carpet Python world back when the, um, you know, uh, the, the whole morph started to become a thing and money oh, got, yeah. as soon as money got involved, that's when bullshit started happening and people took sides and all this bullshit. Right. Yeah. But I seen absolutely. a lot of people that, you know, and, and, and we fed into it. And it's sort of like you could see a spike because people are tuning in to hear what that drama is and hear what that nonsense is. And, you know, I, and I, me and Owen talked about it for, for a while. I talked with Rob about this. It's like, am I doing what's right or am I doing what's right just to get views? I would rather a thousand people listen to the show and like the content be something that I'm proud of rather than, rather than get you know, 50,000 people subscribe to the show and not feel good about what I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were, we were feeding into that, that drama. We were, we were a part of that. And it was like, Owen and me made a break. That's why you don't hear us anymore today. You don't hear us talk shit about, I mean, we may joke around where we're like talking like, Oh, that snake sucks, you know, like, you know, but the, it's just a joke, but we're not going after it. Like, you know, Bo, Owen used to say all the time, I hate ball pythons. I hate ball python breeders. I hate, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We all stop. You know, right. but while it is funny, we should cool it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, sure. 100%, yeah, yeah. Not 100%. funny to them. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, it's uh, it's it, that's all safe for the Patreon stream, the yeah. private stream. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pay to hear the real insults. 
And while I might laugh at their pet rock snakes, they're still really important for the hobby. But you know what, man? If they're the biggest snake in the hobby, right? And that's, that's cool. the one that people are gravitating towards, and that's going to get people excited about wanting to, um, right. wanting to, you know, be into reptiles and be right. a part of it. It's not very welcoming if you come in and you get this snake and then you have all these groups of people are like, yeah, that you suck with that snake. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's like if yeah. you like or if you're like passionate about playing baseball and then you show up to tryouts with the wrong bat and everyone's like, you fucking suck, nerd. Like you're going to want to keep playing. No, yeah. you're going to go home and cry and throw yeah. your bat away. Right. <laughs> like, 100%. Right. 100%. Yeah. And it's 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 hard to stay the course with that stuff. You guys know. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to sort of like keep pushing through and keep saying, you know, and some sometimes it's great and then other times it's tough, but you got to keep pushing. But I really think that, you know, years from now, well, at least this is my hope. My hope is, is that years from now. All of us that are involved in this network, all of the podcasts that are on it, because I think we have uh, I think we have some of the best people in the whole entire hobby that now have a platform to put their thoughts out into the world where other people can hear them. Like, I mean, having Justin and Chuck on a podcast, I mean, I would listen to them talk about nonsense. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I sat in a hotel room and did that for two hours. Uh, right. Down at Anaheim. Got, it was great. You got Zach and, uh, you know, Matt, you know, I, I mean, come oh, on, yeah. man. That, that's like colubrid gold. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think like, um, you know, there's THP again. Another I I love what Justin does. I love everything about what he does. I try to support him at every turn that I can because I think that he is a positive impact on the hobby and everything he does. Right. I mean, like we don't like we don't, well, we kind of like the same snakes, but like, it doesn't even matter. That's the point, right? Like mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's in this corn snake colubrid world. I'm yeah. still over here in Morelia. And then all of a sudden I'm getting Ackies. And the next thing I know that ripples through and then he has Ackies. Lucas has Ackies. Everybody's got Ackies. You know? <laughs> yeah. Ackies you know. for all. <laughs> Not me. No, no, no. Well, as soon yeah. as I have well, eggs. You get to play with them at work, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You get to play with the big ones. I skipped that um, one and went straight to Strophorus. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm kind of ranting and don't know what I'm talking about. What you're saying is it's, you the, it's the community. <laughs> it's the community involved. Yes. And we can we can yeah. translate that into a better uh a better united front for us arc and everything that's going on and why it's so special. Yeah. And and Shoot. I think it's really funny that there's the herpeticulture network the NPR network. And if you were looking at this from a corporate standpoint, they would be like co competing entities. Ew. And it is just <laughs> never, no. never even once brought up right. in conversation. That was not even, no. it just literally the spontaneous no. and the, they overlap like Phil and Nip are doing the vent exchange radio. And it's yeah. just, yeah. it is. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we have this beautiful opportunity to, literally say what we do and don't want to accept in this hobby because we make these rules we make them ourselves it's all within yeah. the legal spectrum of it we we say and do what we want we police ourselves and so i think it's about time people finally you know just accept that we're all cut from the same cloth just a different end of it somewhere and 
it's all you know we're all when it all boils down to it we're all going to lose the same thing if this this stuff goes through and if we're not together we're all going to lose you know, all of it one of the beautiful things to me about this hobby that really taught me about just life right is that i have met some of the most genuine people from 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 just doing this and I got to be honest. I, I don't even know. Like, I, I think of like, like we don't, it just seems like, you know, we're all different ages from all yeah, different man. backgrounds with all different views. Mm-hmm. There's never disrespect between any of us where we're, we, we try to make sure that we're respectful to each other and, God, and really care about what each other thinks. And although like we may not agree on things, we're, you know, we can somehow respect each other for our opinions, you know, Absolutely. and sometimes maybe a couple of days go by and you think about that other person's person's perspective and you're like, you know, they may be on to something and then it gets you thinking and then you come back with something and then they come back with something. And it's just this beautiful, uh, 100%. I, I, you know, thing that like is, is one of my favorite things about the hobby. You know, I mean, we were talking the other day when we had Dustin on and we were talking about the herpin trips. And, you know, I said like, you know, I know we're going there to find snakes and reptiles and that's part of why we're doing it. But I got to be honest, man, the, the trip itself is, is, is the greatest thing we're, I'm, I'm, we're staying with people that we don't even know, (laughs) you know, that we've never, we're just, we're just, you know, hanging out and having a good time and, talking stories and you know we get to learn more about each other and i i don't know man that to me that's that's the beauty of something like this because it brings people that in on paper should not be together right never never would be (laughs) right right but somehow it's like oh we find common ground and it's like oh wait a minute like me and you lucas with music it's like oh wait you play guitar too i play guitar right you know i I don't know for sure i completely agree i mean it's a beautiful thing i talk to you guys and certain other people in the snake thing more than i talk to like my immediate family and and, yeah you know you guys are family it's it's amazing (laughs) for sure all because of snakes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so exactly and i think that's that's the part to lean into along with what you always say eric which is like talk about why you love what you love and what makes you love it instead of talking down on what somebody else loves like it can be i love carpet pythons it doesn't have to be ball pythons suck carpet pythons are better no it's completely the message is malleable you know, right. Be, be, be smart. (laughs) Right. And you know, for me, right. I love when I get feedback from people that listen to the show and they sort of ask the question of what, you know, and, and I think, I think what sometimes people don't understand, you guys will understand this, Justin, you'll understand this in the chat, but like when you're talking for two, three hours, sometimes you're going to say things that don't come out right. Or you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're not, you're not, you're not getting your point across right. Or somebody could take it differently or, you know, um, and you know, it's good to hear that. So then you can sort of fine tune what you're saying. Like I like to listen back to a lot of, of the, of our pot, at least NPR. I listen back Mm -hmm. to just so I can hear that. Like, Ooh, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but that's sort of what turned me on to that. I'm like, man, we're so negative about, I mean, this is years ago, but we're so net, we have this tendency to sort of put the, 
other thing down so that our thing is up. Right. Like, why can't we just just, just say why your thing is cool? You know, there's going to be people out there that are like, hey, yeah, yeah, it is cool. You know, and I don't know, man. 100 yep. percent. Yep. You can promote your your angle without putting somebody else's down. Yeah. Yep. Embrace it. You know, like uh, I, I think of, you know, a perfect example for me is uh, Matt Minatola. Right. Um, I haven't hung out with him in a long time and I keep trying to get me, Owen and Keith together to sort of do it. But we don't keep the same snakes. We keep the opposite snakes. Right. He keeps fat snakes that stay on the ground. I keep thin snakes that stay in the air. But the fact, I guess, that we were both from Philly, we kind of like know the, you know, know things or whatever. And like, you know, a great friendship to I, I consider Matt family. You know what I mean? I would do anything for the guy. And we don't it's not like I'm like, oh, blood pythons suck, you know, and and I tried it. I didn't like it. But I don't I'm not going around saying, you know, uh, you, oh, you shouldn't get into them. They suck. Bah, 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 bah. You should get carpets. That's not the approach. So, yeah. Although carpets are the best. So yeah. <laughs> for me, they are. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Yeah. But I joke. I kid. I know. I know. I know. But yeah. Agreed. That's a good. Yep. That's a good end to the uh, to yes. our rants, right? I totally. Yes. Totally. Put a period on it. And, yeah, let's and, do it. Period. I like it. Join USR. Fight yeah. the good fight. Don't Email your senators. Head. Yeah. If you yeah. can't say anything nice, they've got a whole printed nice thing you can just copy and paste. I just did that because it, I wanted to see how fast it would do. Like just quick and copy and paste and go. It literally took less than three minutes. So. Uh, go go write them if you haven't. Now's the time. Uh, speak now or forever. Hold your uh, your pythons. There you go. <laughs> if you're financially strapped, I think uh, what uh, Barcheck's video is donating based on view count. So have that on loop on your work computer for 24 hours. How do you know this? <laughs> I don't know. I'll pay attention. I, but, you know, they're kicking yeah, in. You can probably get that up to enough. a couple dollars. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I mean, he's got the audience. I, you may not disagree with, uh, you may not agree with him like I do, but hell, if the more views and things he gets, means more money. money towards you, it's <laughs> kind of like, eh, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, just put it on repeat and mute it and turn your computer a little away yeah. so you don't have to listen to it if you don't like it and just loop it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, you know, again, just do something. Please. Yeah. Yes. Something's better than nothing. Even if you just share the the notice around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess we'll just we'll end it there and sort of move on, um, but close it out. But uh, Dustin Gran was on um, NPR last night. That'll come out Tuesday. Um, get some gecko talk there for you, Riley, uh, because we were. You know, he has so many species yeah. that he keeps that it's like there's I know. It, it, it's hard to sort of like get it into focus. Um, yeah, it's geckos uh, is, is a it's a slippery slope in a deep rabbit hole, man. Dude, I you know he we were talking about some of the Aussie geckos that he has and uh, oh man, leaf tails and the, uh, you know, it's game over, dude. Forget it. It's game Forget over. It. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but that'll be coming out Tuesday. Um, nice. if you, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, Nick and Casey Cannon, Justin, yes. and, um, Chuck 
um, all had uh, Chuckles. a fight club that came out today and they were talking about um, power feeding um, and what else? Uh, who else just came? Oh, the Aussie podcast came out and they had my favorite person over across the pond, Nipper Reed, on there talking about Aussie geckos. He blames me for his addiction, but uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. We just had an episode a couple, maybe it was last weekend with um, Kara. Uh, Norris and April was doing an interview with her about uh, nice. blood pythons, which was nice. which was a pretty awesome. Um, who else am I forgetting? Nice. I, think I mean, of course, Lisa's week- episode came out, which was which was great. Oh, yeah. White lip talk. Oh, great. we got tons of feedback on how great that episode oh, yeah. was. That was super good. It was awesome. It's a perfect example, man. She's just freaking passionate about yeah. white lip pythons, man. She's just like. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a perfect example of following the species you love for nothing other than that. Yep. Yeah. 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 So uh, so there's some of the shows that are out. Um, I had mentioned that I'm going to try to do some more um, in, in my trying to give to uh, the reptile hobby. Try to do some carpet python, you know, short clips and stuff like that on this channel. So... Hopefully we'll get that going soon. Nothing, nothing fancy. I'm not looking to, you know, do crazy. I'm not on Lucas's level, but uh, <laughs> and I'm not that good. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. I'm like quick fire, like hip fire edit, like just simple basics. And you just like you're like, oh, and all of a sudden it's like magnificent. Like, I don't know. Oh, well, thank you. I did drop the <laughs> ball on, on Owen's footage with Arizona, though. I think well, I need to. I think I He's need to got a little there. comment for you in the uh, in the net. I'm not going to give anything away, but uh, he of course he, got- he does. <laughs> well, maybe he gotta- learn to do things himself. Yes, I think I, that's I'm what dark. I told him. He's made now it's dark. And what are you lights out? Lucas is having a rave over there. But anyway, no, yeah, I, I think that I have to actually like be on the trip and film it myself because the files he sent me suck. <laughs> Shots fired, Owen McIntyre. <laughs> and he couldn't even just upload it to a Google Drive. He sent each one as an individual email. Oh, you know, see, oh, Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. I'll call Owen him. Owen doesn't have any I'll tech call savvy him. at all. I'll call him. I think Nick need knows to fly more out there. I think Nick knows more about tech than Owen does. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, check those out. Um, if you want to learn more about what we have going on, everything you need to know is in one spot, morelipythonradio.com. Go check it out. If you want to get in touch with me, you got a comment, guest, you like to hear, topic, whatever, info at morelipythonradio.com. That's all I have. My name's Lucas. I sell snakes sometimes. If Hi, you Lucas. want to see snakes, <laughs> go to centralianexotics.com <laughs> and talk to me about them. Have a good day. That, that that should be like your answering machine, huh? your voicemail. <laughs> if I ever have a Centralian-specific voicemail. There you go. 
<laughs> for me, you I can have buy it all my Walmart's stuff. Just, in the US. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I sell uh, Walmart's and uh, Bradley. I love love black heads. Love black. Uh, you want to talk black heads? <laughs> you guys want to talk black heads? If this is the federal <laughs> government, it wasn't me. They were already here. I swear. <laughs> oh uh, man. Anyway. Uh, for me, yeah, you can just find me under Bradley's Reptiles on stuff and places and things. What Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, YouTube is just Riley Jimison. And for Teespring merch, just look up Riley's Reptile Store on Teespring, and that's it. Yeah, very good. He likes geckos. Yeah, I do. I like geckos. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm waiting any day. My, uh, my, what's the common name for them? The oh the no, crocodile. but hurry up! No, the crocodile <laughs> geckos. My crocodile geckos are due to hatch soon. Oh really? Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. yeah. I got some eggs. They're like two months in. So any day now. Right. Be a gecko cool. breeder. Tight. Yep. <laughs> Don't be jelly, Lucas. Yeah, gay. You okay. All right, well, let's film a video on Sunday when you're over. Okay. Okay. Everybody look out for that. Drink coffee. Ooh. What's up with Narcos in the right hand corner? <laughs> My timer went off. <laughs> the light. All right. So yeah. All right. This is the last thing I'll say. <laughs> But my little my little podcasting thing is set up in a closet, so I had to run an extension cord into the closet for the light to shine on my face, and all the lights go off at like <laughs> six o'clock because it's also the cage lights on the same timer. Ugh, Stone Age. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm out. All right, all right. Out. deuces. See you. Bye.